Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. Three miles below the surface, as world-famous scientists, leaders of state, generals of the armies, prepare to challenge the infinite. We have within our grasp the limitless, clean heat of the inner Earth. We can transform all the continents and make a life of plenty for all mankind for the foreseeable future. They knew that only a missile with an atomic warhead could crack the Earth's impenetrable inner core. Would it mean the end of the world, or the beginning of a new life for all mankind? Miles under the Earth's surface, a man, his wife, and the man she once loved, living life as if this could be their last. Crack in the world as Project Inner Space upsets the delicate balance of the Earth's core, rips our planet in two, bringing disaster in its wake, destruction, irrational terror, and unbelievable courage. What if the crack keeps going right around the world? What happens then? Where the landmasses split, the oceans will be sucked in and the colossal pressure generated by the steam will rip the Earth apart and destroy it. It, it isn't possible. It's insane. Is there anything that we can do? Pray. Daring scientists descend into a thousand-degree inferno with a live H-bomb in their deadly gamble to save the universe. <laughs> nature's inner force is released. Mankind totters on the brink of its own headlong rush to cataclysmic destruction.
Welcome to the latest episode of the Secret Lair Drive-In. How about that? One a, one a couple of weeks after the other one. <laughs> We're improving. Yes. I am your host, your fearless leader, D-Dub. And across the table from me is my co-host and faithful acolyte, Stratosphere. Hi, kids. Before we get started on this here cinematic gem, what's our contact information? We can be reached at secretlairpodcast at gmail.com. Well, that's better than 8675309. Slash Jenny. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, I always want to see Forrest Gump do a version of Jedi. Jedi? Who can I turn to? (laughs) (laughs) He's Gump. He's Gump. He's Gump. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we don't have any feedback because... Used it all up on the last episode. <laughs> We've got to go get some more. We're going to fill up the cooler with some feedback. Put it in the back of the pickup truck with the AstroTurf. <laughs> Why we started doing this, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the breaking like the wind thing. goes. It's like It's like sitting with... Sitting with my uh, brother one time, and we're watching. See, for me, I don't even need to hear the rest of that sentence because I know exactly where your brother is. I, you know, there's nothing, nothing on TV. We're just sitting watching, and there's this fishing show on, and he's like, "Well, wonder what's going to happen now." I said, "Well, he's probably going to cast his line out. He's going to pull up a big old fish, show it to the TV, then he's going to put it back." My my brother looked at me, he's like. Oh, hell, you see this one before? <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, and, oh, God, I know your brother. Yeah, he was serious, too. Wow. Actually, I just made that up, but it's okay. It makes for a good story. What did I say? Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's right. Besides, if you don't get the bad jokes from me, folks, you know. That's anyway. Wh- that's why I'm his backup. I've got even worse jokes. I remember he used to work with this guy, and he thought he was funny, but every time he'd start telling a story or think he's coming up with a really good joke, I'd pull out, like, the soundboard on my phone mm-hmm. and have the crickets playing after he get done. Nice. He hated me. Didn't appreciate uh, meta humor. No, but then again, you know, we all, he he wasn't real quick on quick on the draw when it came time to throw stuff out. Uh, I find a lot of people are well, not that quick on the draw. <laughs> I can just picture him driving on, driving home and say, got it. I, I, I'd almost expect my phone to, you rat bastard. That was his nickname for me, rat bastard. Fearless freep. <laughs> uh-huh, I like the way you flung that back. Huh? Just, uh, you were drifting into the, into the uh, Sam voice again, so figured I had to go for it. So anyway, what is our film this time? Our film this time is uh, uh, the 1965, I want to say it's an, is it an American International film. Does it really matter? Well, that's a sign of quality. But uh, it is the 1965 film, 
uh, Crack in the World, starring Dana Andrews and Jeanette Scott. And no, it is not. A, it is not a drug movie. And you know, there's I, too much crack in the world. <laughs> and it's not an anti redneck movie either. It's there's not, too. <laughs> and it's not plum, about, not about plumbers. That's right. And I'm sorry. It's but, cosmic plumbing. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I didn't get hot when I saw Jeanette Scott. Really? No, not mm. really. Although Dana Andrews. D- Dana Andrews did not have prunes either, so. By the way, speaking of which. Um, Go ahead. Have you, uh, speaking of Rocky Horror, you do you know of the uh, remake they're doing? No, I know that BBC America was playing right around Christmas time um, the Rocky Horror Show. Okay, what they're going to be doing is Fox is doing a remake of Rocky Horror. Because if anything ever screamed, I'm going to do well, it's a remake of Rocky Horror. I'm just saying, yeah. That, well, it's now it's weird. Uh, most of the casting I'm not familiar with. Um, I know the the person... Playing Rocky is um, Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black, which I've not really seen too much of, so I I don't... Laverne Cox? Yeah, it's a uh, transgender person, an actual transgender person. Oh, okay, well... As as opposed to Tim Curry, who was just a comic actor. Um, it's going to have Adam Lambert of American Idol as Eddie, which I don't even get that because he's sort of a glam pretty boy and Eddie is Meatloaf. Um, Meatloaf again? Yeah, exactly. See, Adam Lambert again doesn't doesn't have the same ring to it. No. Uh, one bit of casting that I think is either, it's either brilliant or what were you thinking, uh, Apparently, Tim Curry is going to be in the new version, but he, I guess, had a stroke about a year or so ago and has been wheelchair-ridden since, so he is going to be playing the criminologist in the new version. Dr. Everett? No, no, no. Oh, I gotcha. But no, but what's... Charles Gray as the criminologist? but I thought that it was... The wheelchair bound. I thought that was uh, Doctor Edward Scott. Um, that is true. But Janet, Brad, Janet, Doctor Scott. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but one way or another, he's playing the criminal. I don't know if he's recovered from the stroke where he doesn't need to be in the wheelchair, or if they're combining the two roles. I, I really don't know. But he has signed on board to uh, do the criminologist. So. Kind of nice, I guess, they got input or involvement from him, but I, I don't know. I just see this thing as, as just a massive train wreck. I'll, I'll probably watch it just to say I watched it, but I'm not optimistic. I don't even know if I could go that far with it. But I, I don't know. Anyway, but, um, yeah, so, so uh, crack in the world. Crack in the world. Crack in the world. Well, I guess the best place to start with this would be... The the Plot. plot. An international consortium, there's a $5 word, of scientists operating as Project Inner Space in Tanganyika, Africa, is trying to tap... And you know it's Africa because as they're driving, they occasionally show a native. Yeah, well... Other than that, you have no idea. 
Well, later on in the film, they they um, they show some bootleg National Geographic footage of of animals running. It's like, and 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 I I always love the do- well. We're getting ahead of it, but they they have this animals running. I've never. I mean, they're just like astounded that animals are running. <laughs> oh, there's so much about this movie. Anyway, um, the crack. They're trying to tap into the Earth's geothermal energy by drilling a very deep hole down to the Earth's core. And I, I gotta say, to watch this movie with any kind of appreciation, you you have to know nothing about science because the science on this movie is arguably more laughable than any kaiju movie we've ever reviewed. I, I'm totally serious. But if you throw that out the window, it, it, it's interesting. The scientists are foiled by an extremely dense layer of material at the boundary between the two. Kurtz is foiled again. <sighs> to, to penetrate the barrier and reach the magma... God, if he keeps foiling them, does that mean he's made out of Reynolds wrap? See, if they had a scientist named Reynolds, then that would just, you know, that would work for me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Maybe the director was named Reynolds. And at the end, at the end of every season, okay, that's a wrap. I wonder if Ryan Reynolds says that on his movies. <laughs> oh God, wouldn't that be, after, wouldn't that be funny if he said that on every movie and no one's ever gotten it? <laughs> that's well, a wrap, after, everybody. Crickets. Ryan hangs his his head and just walks off. Well, but see, he's going to play Deadpool, so he could actually lampshade the whole thing and say, "I've been doing this for every freaking movie." And they could actually put it put it uh, in in the credits at the end. That's a wrap. Takes the mask off. Get it, Reynolds? Wrap? Get it? Have have the entire crew just just looking at him like, what? <laughs> well, I don't know. Green Lantern. They just said they just said that's a wrap before they even started on that one. Well, hey, you know what? I thought it was an okay movie. I, I, I just said it was an okay movie. Well, I mean... It had the potential to be something really special, but... I... Believe me, in in my bottom three worst, su- you know, superhero movies, it is not in my... It's not even in my bottom ten worst movies. So... Reynolds rap, folks. Yeah. You heard it here first. The what, leader... What, of, we get about two minutes out of that? <laughs> the... the this one's got a short description, so I, I, I'm, I'm trying to go for the padding, like, right off the bat here. The well, leader of the project... Would doc- you say, is it a peanut butter plot? This is, well, this one's... Well, it, it strives to be much more. Yeah. Let's call it... Go ahead. Let's call it extra crunchy peanut butter plot. Uh, okay. Crunchy peanut butter. Crunchy peanut butter. There's a couple of bumps in there. But yeah. <laughs> the leader of the project, Dr. Steven Sorensen, our, our hero, Dana Andrews, who is secretly dying of cancer... Which okay, I, I gotta say, I do not understand. Did they actually say the word cancer? I don't think they did. They just kept showing him. He had something. It kept on looking the back. like he was falling downstairs or something because they showed. He. It well, he starts like out a, with sunglasses. No, no, he had the sunglasses later on. Oh, he had the gloves because he had some. It looked like he had a radiation burn on the back of his hand, and he kept putting it up next to that dinner plate. I said, "Okay, we're going to give you your treatment now." And I don't know what the hell they were doing. But. Again, there there were, I mean, okay, in 1965, I guess no one said the C word or something. I don't know. But 
it, it just it, it's kind of this they had they were kind of less nestmaning him because it kept looking not so much that he was getting sicker but that he was more injured because first he's wearing the gloves then he's got the sunglasses then he's got his arm in a sling and it's like okay are are is there a spouse abuse thing here that you just don't want to talk about i mean is 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 the cute little blonde that that for some god awful reason is is married to you is she you know is she like pushing you down you know, are you running into doors? <laughs> are you answering the iron? Is, oh. Yeah. Is is this a safe place? Can we talk? I don't know. Anyway, I bet you don't even remember where we were on the plot. Uh, I know exactly where we were. He believes that the atomic device will burn its way through the barrier, but the project's chief geologist, Dr. Ted Rampion, played... <laughs> Okay, okay. I just have to say it that way. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know how many times during this movie Rampion used the word crack, but he had that weird accent and more crack. It's the crack. We have to race the crack. He's, well, was he like the only person in the whole world that theorized that? Well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. Uh, my, my, my problem with Dr. Ted Rampion is that um, y- you know how you you see actors in other roles and it, and it um, it influences your 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 perception of them in in a current or in a different role. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh, the the guy that played Dr. Ted Rampion. <laughs> I remember him from Darby O'Gill and the Little People. He played Pony. The asshole. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm seeing him the whole time, and and you just—it's like you could you could fit like three of an average person inside his chest because he's got you know he's okay. that type of an actor. But yeah, I noticed the crack thing too. It's like okay, we we got it, we got it like the third or fourth <laughs> last time you. Carl Nelson, everybody, and welcome, exactly. and welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In. <laughs> wow. And I bet you nobody remembers that reference. Oh, I... Or why I, we were having so I much think fun. You, I think you far underestimate our audience. <laughs> Both of them? <laughs> they Trust me, all of them have their little notebooks and they're cross-referencing even as they're hearing this. I, I know our audience. Our audience, is, our audience is loyal as, <laughs> as hell. How many episodes did we open up by saying, hey, Carl Nelson, everybody? Uh, four, actually, but who's counting? <laughs> Obviously, you are. Only listen to him once. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes sometimes the worse the movie is, the more fun we have on these episodes. You know, I, I, not, not to cut to the, the, you know, cut to the ending, but... I actually like this movie. Oh, I, I I watched it a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, I I did too. I rarely watch a movie a second time. I I did a first pass back uh, before Christmas, and I watched it about a week ago. And I'm like, you know what? This is for what it is. This is a little gem of a movie, I think. But again, I don't want to get even though he keeps saying the crock, the crock. Okay, so. Dr. Ted Rampion is convi- convinced. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, I just, I'm just, who, Dr. Ted Rampion. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly <laughs> how you have to say that. Even though they don't, they don't really say it that way. It just 
you know, if my name was Ted Rampion, I would I would have it in my contract no matter where I worked. I have to be announced before I walk in the room. Dr. Ted Rampion is convinced that the lower layers of the crust have been weakened after decades of underground nuclear tests and that the de- detonation would produce a massive crack that would threaten the very existence of Earth. That's my other little minor quibble with it is that the 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 crack, if you will, it's just not done very excitingly. I mean, it just looks like a series of kind of dirt explosions. I guess is the best way to put it. Well, there's this. There's this. Now, 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 when they get to the end, and we'll, we'll get to that, the ending is is really over the top. Over the top. I love the way they do the ending, but the build up to that, it's like. It, it looks like some. It looks like sniper fire. Okay, <laughs> there's there's a scene. There's a scene in this movie. This train's taking off, and they hop in. They, they oh, they oh. hop in this truck. That's my favorite scene in the whole damn movie. <laughs> They're chasing it. No, oh, stop! It's the crack. The crack. You're heading toward the crack, and then they cut and. They're down in the valley looking up at this train, and they're waving their arms saying, Stop! The crack! You're going And I'm like, oh my god, you look like you're two miles away trying to wave down this train that you were just out running. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it'd be like it'd be like if you if you saw, say, um, a jet plane, like, you know, here, here in Cleveland, we live near Hopkins Airport. It'd be like if you saw a plane take off, and you were way down on the ground and saying, no, you must land immediately. It's like, how did you really expect them well, how, to, to, how, in any way to even – How did they get – all right, they were neck and neck with this train, and then suddenly they cut to this other scene, and the train is way up on the trestle, and they're way down here. How did they get to that point? They took the shortcut. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that the, the, yeah, with 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 them um, riding alongside, and you know, Jeanette's kind of like, "Stop, stop!" And it's like, in what universe would they listen to you? I'm sorry. Oh, sure, especially when they're trying to get away from everything. Well, yeah, and of course. And if they're not going to talk to, or if they're not going to listen to Doctor Ted Rampion, see, it works. And who, who are they going to listen to? Exactly. Of course, this this guy flies overseas to st- to stop the uh, missile from going in. Okay, here's one of my things with a lot of these movies. Okay, they always seem to have to fly across the country or across the world to have these meetings. Okay, and that they could have easily just pick up the freaking telephone. To be fair, this was 1965. You know, and the- they did have telephones. They did have telephones, but, you know, can you imagine the the long distance? That would have taken the movie over a budget, I think. Perhaps, so, but by the same token, air air, tra- air travel was also very expensive at that point. Yeah, well, you know, you got to assume they're they're rich scientists, so they have their own private jets. This, this is, you know, before. Well, they did have that helicopter that they were constantly using. Because they used a the helicopter to fly over the stock footage of the animals running. You know, and what's what's weird is I kept looking at that thing, and I'm like, where's the gas tank on this thing? They use this thing constantly 
Mm-hmm. And yet, I I literally almost couldn't see the gas tank. It looked like it had like a three gallon gas tank. So I was just like, I I I, I don't know that that kind of weirded me out a little bit. But yeah, when when they're yeah, that's a very good point. They're the people are trying to get away from what they see as danger, and you've got three white people in in you know Africa saying stop it's like okay unless unless we're going to have a discussion about apartheid we ain't stopping (laughs) but you must it's the crock it's the crock so oh and and we also have to make mention of um the uh the the visual description of how they penetrate this impenetrable layer they have two basically Two um, plexiglass, or I don't know if it's regular glass, uh, things side by side, and the one they they use this drill to to show through it, and the other he takes a sledgehammer to it. Well, he, t- he took the sledgehammer, and the other one he took like a hot poker. Oh yeah, and pushed it through. I'm like, well, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking. You're not really making your case here, because okay, in the one example. We have this little tiny hole. With the other example, you have a slightly bigger hole. And, I, and I'm just like, okay, if you're trying to induce panic and show everybody how you think this is a bad idea, you're really underselling this. I, I, I just, I, I actually replayed that scene like twice because I'm okay. Did I? Am I? Is there a part that's cut out of here because it really wasn't doing it for me? I don't well, know. Well, you know, it's it's the whole I. I want to say it's a trope. I can't gear. I can't say for sure that it is, but oh, I'm you know sure it the is. the solitary scientist who's the only one who really understands what's going on. Oh, the Jor El syndrome. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. So the atomic device is used, and that that's an interesting sequence because for literally the next five minutes of the movie, I cannot tell if it's supposed to be a success or not because it it goes off. And then everything blows up, and at first everyone looks horrified, but then everyone looks pleased. And I'm, I'm just sort of like, okay, was is this good or not? I can't quite tell. And Well, then didn't they go out to the magma pool and say, well, everything's going everything's gonna to melt now, and it's all going to be, or it's, it's going to harden and form a cap. Well, and, and now, now this, this is a trope that this movie abuses so bad that I, I don't even I don't even know where to begin, but the, the trope is called convection schmunvection. It's where they basically the, the trope is that as long as you're not actually touching lava or magma, it doesn't make you even feel remotely uncomfortable. And it's like you know, yeah, let's go down to the magma pool. As long as we don't touch it, we'll be fine. Do you know how freaking hot magma and lava is? It can literally boil your skin off at like a hundred yards. It gets that hot. It's it's molten rock. Rock. It takes a lot to melt rock. And and just you now, as long as we don't touch it, we'll be, you know, it's like when you when you're uh, playing on the furniture as a kid. Oh, hot lava underneath. <laughs> the floor is lava. The floor is like. Thank you. That's exactly. <laughs> that's how they treat this thing. It's like they, you know. Cutting ahead to the end, they're they've they're they're trying to get away from all, all this stuff that's blowing up around them, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, they were incinerated like 20 minutes ago. 
They are. They well, are. When when we finally get to the end, this is okay. Well, all right. Let's let's back to where we were. Um, you know, his fears prove justified as the crust of the Earth develops an enormous crack that de- that progresses rapidly. Sorensen discovers there was a huge reservoir of hydrogen underground, which turns the small conventional atomic explosion. Now, there's three words you just don't really see together. Conventional atomic explosion. Into a huge thermonuclear one that was millions of times more powerful. Okay, I don't know about millions, but... Again, throw, throw the science just completely out the window on this movie. It, it becomes more enjoyable. Science didn't have a chance on this one. Not really, no. Another atomic device is used in the hope of stopping the crack, but it only reverses the crack's direction. Kind of like zipping up a zipper. Uh, yeah, I can see no, that. maybe not. Eventually, the crack... The re- crack... Returns to its starting point at the <coughs> test site, and a huge chunk of the planet outlined by the croc. Crack. The croc. We should, we should start calling it the Carl Nelson. <laughs> the Carl Nelson. <laughs> oh, I can't get away fast enough. Why not? It's the Carl Nelson. <laughs> Stop. They won't leave me alone. Why not? They're always after me like a jar. <laughs> They're always after me, Carl Nelson. <laughs> Oi. Okay. Carl yeah. Nelson. Um, a huge chunk of the planet outlined is expected to be thrown out into space. Sorensen remains at the underground control center to record the event, despite pleas by his wife, Maggie, to, evacu- to evacuate with the rest of the project staff. She and Rampion... Dr. Ted Rampion. Barely escape in time to observe... By crawling up the elevator shaft. Because as they're going up in the elevator, like a big rock comes through and stops it. Yeah. Well, again, okay, now all this heat that... All this heat. All this heat that we've been exposed to, now that's all being compressed into a freaking elevator shaft. Not only should they have been vaporized, they, they should just... They're... Uh, you know what? Plug on through. Okay. Um, she They barely escape in time to observe the fiery birth of a second moon. Its release stops the crack from further splitting the Earth. The end. And, and, and they basically scamper up a hill, go over the ridge, and watch this thing, and survive. Yeah, and and already little furry animals are starting to come out of their their little cubby holes. That looks funny out of them. Little animals coming out of their cubby holes. Yeah, little animals coming out of their their. Freaking cubby holes, and again, the the monstrous, monstrous heat that should be spewing from this thing. I mean, there shouldn't even be, you know, any vegetation left. It it should all be like one big ash pit at this point, if anything. Yep. Not to mention the fact that... And and 
Dr. Ted Rampion and the woman whose name I can't remember. Maggie Sorensen. Maggie Sorensen should look like <laughs> Uncle Ben and Aunt Peru. <laughs> Uh, yeah, or or you know, like the the day after type type stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah. And that's not even to deal with the fact that okay, now Earth has a new moon. I mean, can you can you um, again trying to insert the science ever so gently mo- back? New in. moon. I wonder if you can, wonder if you can see the crack on that one too. <laughs> oh, it's too. Oh, bad. I saw where you were going, and I couldn't stop it. Oh, neither uh, could I. And I could not craft it in a way to... Never mind. Yeah. Go ahead. Couldn't craft the crack? Wow. But... Um, crack work. Crack what? work? Crack work. <laughs> the operator. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean, trying to, trying to insert the science, even for the briefest of moments, back into it, can you imagine the devastation to the planet with the gravitational pull of a second moon? I mean, it's just wow. But like you said, if you throw if you throw uh, science out the window, it's a fun little movie. It's a fun little movie. It, it you know what? It, once I I I don't like the way they they show the crack because it, it's a it's going too slow and it, it looks like somebody's laying down sniper fire or suppression fire or something. It just looks like little dirt explosions. Once they really get into the, the, the heavy stuff later on, um, I think it's it's done really well. Everyone should be vaporized, but a lot of cool lava explosions mm-hmm. and really well done. And it, it's got a sense of uh, excitement to it, I would say. Um, I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I, oh, I was surprised I, how I, I had really never heard of it before you had suggested it. And well, I remember seeing it when I was younger. And they okay. showed it on TV for the first time. And you, was, in, this, was this a weekend movie, maybe? No, I remember. I think it was on one of the major networks. Because this, really? this was actually considered a uh, major release. Okay. But I remember, because if you recall, back in those days, when they'd go to commercial break... Um, where they'd be showing what you're watching. They'd show like a little snippet of the movie. Oh, okay. Right? They kept showing the train scene. <laughs> or, nice. You know, the train on the trestle. Yeah. So. A crack in the earth. Stop. Kong, stop now. Oh. Yeah. That... Here's a Carl Nelson reference ahead. Okay. But, uh, okay, well, I, I don't, I think we've... Uh... We've had a lot of fun with this one. This was this was fun. Well, like I said, it was it was a ridiculous movie, but ridiculous can be a lot of fun, d- depending. Yeah, that it can. Um, so how would you how would you uh, go about rating this uh, bad boy? I would say I would give this one. Uh, I'm going to go like right in the center. I'm going to go crap fest. I would say. It really hit the sweet spot as far as exactly average. It was it was not an abomination. Uh, it wasn't certainly wasn't the best of the movies we've ever reviewed, but right smack dab in the center, I would. Yeah, I would say that. Would you recommend it to anybody? I would say you should see it at least once. I would say that too. I would not. I would not say to anyone, "Oh my God, this is this is an amazing movie." But I would. In in some ways, I would say it's almost the perfect B movie. It has the right amount of cheese. You got 
some stalwarts of the B movies. It it yeah yeah you had you had some names in there. Uh, I think it I think it took itself just the right amount of serious that it lends itself to you know mockery. Well, sure. And plus, it had Doctor Ted Rampion. Yes. And the Hall of Justice. <laughs> I can't do the sound effect. I used to have that. On one of my old phones, I had that sound effect. Oh, okay. So. So, anyway. All right, but, but a fun movie. I, I would say Craft Fest, too. I would, I would recommend, if someone were on the fence as to whether they wanted to watch it, I would say, yeah, well worth your time to sit through at least once. Um, I and would, you can at least you can at least have fun making fun of it while you're watching it. Which is half the appeal of these movies we do is is exactly that. Does does it have that intrinsic mockery entertainment value, or MEV as we like to put it? There you go. <laughs> oh, okay, and with that being said, what is our film for next time? Um, I believe if okay. Dusting the cobwebs off in, in the, the labyrinth that is my brain. Uh, I believe we're going to be doing King Kong Escapes? No, we Lips. already did King Kong Escapes. Go ahead, try oh. again. Okay, we're going to be doing King Kong Lives. Yep, and... Well, if, if, just have to wait and see, folks. If uh, if Mr. Iden is listening, uh, I know he has uh, referenced that one too. So we're we're giving you a heads up. Let's let's get that input in. We'd we'd be more than happy to uh, include you as part of the discussion, either either by email or re- recorded uh, media. Yep. Okay. And once again, Secret Layer Podcast at gmail dot com. That's right. And wow, this phone is going crazy huh you keep using that word no Any- I, my my work phone it's not like i said okay google now and it brought and here it goes it's just been going through all this stuff oh okay yeah hit that i need that and oddly enough it came up with stuff for and here we go okay. but anyway but anyway so king kong lives secretly <laughs> king kong lives Secret Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Correct. And with that being said, this is D-Dub. And Stratosphere. Saying go watch a B-movie. And why? Because the crack won't watch itself. <laughs> Not without the help. <laughs> well, <laughs> Carl Nelson, everybody. and Carl Nelson. Bye, folks. Bye, kids. Gee, that was a swell movie. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.